This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. If you were running for Congress in 2018, there was a pretty good chance that a documentary filmmaker would make you the subject of their project. Last year, we had knocked down the House, and the filmmakers had the good fortune of following, among other candidates, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who went on to win her race in in 2018, and Cori Bush, who fell short that year but has won a primary and is likely heading to Congress this year. Now, Showtime has its own film that's coming out. Uh, They are premiering Surge this week, uh, and it's about a little bit different uh, perspective. It's about uh, insurgent candidates, uh, some women who were looking to flip Republican seats in 2018, a little bit of different dynamic than knock down the House where uh, Democrats were going after other Democrats. Uh, This was to actually flip uh, the uh, control of the chamber uh, and flip Republican seats to Democrats. Uh, Bridget Bowman and Kate Ackley uh, are two of our ace political reporters here at Roll Call. Talk to the filmmakers and uh, and Representative Lauren Underwood, who was one of those members now, uh, who uh, challenged a veteran congressman, Republican congressman, and won. And uh, I, I just let's let's talk. We'll we'll play the tape that you all had with the uh, filmmakers and and with uh, the congresswoman. But let's just uh, set this up a little bit, Bridget and Kate. Um, how was the movie first? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really interesting. And I, I mentioned this in the interview too, but it was also a little jarring to see people mm-hmm. like shaking hands and hugging and in crowded rooms. Um, it was definitely a throwback to a different time, obviously, than we're in right now. Um, but yeah, I thought it I thought it was an interesting kind of behind the scenes look at what these candidates were dealing with. And and you see the grueling side of campaigns, the constantly driving in your cars. Uh, kind of thing that you know is the is the aspect of day to day campaigning that it's it's not very glamorous, um, but filmmakers managed to capture it. And so yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, and and Kate, like I, I wonder, like uh, you know, you've uh, you've covered the lobbying side of things for years, and now you're uh, covering the the you know the campaign finance and politics things uh, more full time. Is it was it weird from your perspective too to see uh, people like in such a I mean politics and lobbying and all this that it just so relies on face to face communication uh, and and contact? Was it weird seeing that also, like Bridget said? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you. <laughs> We're so used to, we have to stay, you know, six feet away from everybody and here they're like literally, you know, (laughs) hugging and, uh, and all that. But, um, it, you know, it was, it was, the movie was actually more kind of emotional than I expected it to be. Um, I mean, it, it clearly has a very partisan, um, perspective in terms of only following, uh, democratic women. So, it's um, you know it is it is coming from that partisan perspective, but the stories that they tell of these three women running for office and the sacrifices that they're making in their lives. I mean, um, you know, Lauren Underwood, for example, who is in Congress now and running for re-election, um, she just sort of explained like that was her whole life for 
the 2018 campaign. She didn't go to anybody's wedding. She didn't go to anything except for campaign events. It was her whole life. So you got the sense how it's all consuming and how much they invest in it. Um, you know, putting their putting their lives on hold, whether it's you know uh, their children or, or whatever. Um, it it just it's a it, there was a more emotional element to the film maybe than I had expected. It, it's a it's really compelling stories. Well, let's uh, let's play this. Uh, you know, let, let's play your interview. So I was. Uh the only woman running against six guys in a race that not a lot of people were talking about. Um, but there were, you know, tremendous interest in this idea of young women, women of color running. And we were honestly approached um, by a variety of people <laughs> pitching TV shows and movies and books and all different type of things. And I really was excited to work with Wendy and Hannah because they were women. They recognized and believed in what we were trying to do. And, you know, honestly, I felt like our story would be told in a really authentic way. And that's what you see in Surge. I like, you know, the way that you guys uh, were were able to talk to not just uh, the the filmmakers, but also one of the subjects. And that helps because, you know, we're, we like talking to members of Congress. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things you mentioned in your story um, is that Underwood, you know, was the underdog in that race uh, very much uh, against... Uh, uh, Randy Holkren in the Chicago uh, exurbs. But uh, now, I mean, we, she's basically like, you know, considered a safe uh, bet for re-election. So even with, you know, as as hard fought as it was, and as as you said, Kate, like that it became like her life, uh, it seemed to have paid off. I mean, she's uh, she's she seems to have have uh, you know kind of done her homework on what it would take to uh, to to protect the you know the seat that she kind of uh, won that was a hard fought win in in twenty eighteen. Yeah, she's definitely favored to win, um, but you know she's it's still a competitive race, and she's facing some of the same criticism and challenges that she talks about in the film. Um, and Bridget can kind of tell you about this one really poignant moment um, where she sort of connects this criticism that she's a fake nurse. Now, she has a nursing degree, um, but the, the criticism from the Republicans is that she's not a real nurse because she doesn't actually interact with patients. She was on the research side, et cetera. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all they've got. <laughs> they have a mean-spirited label. That's it. These baseless attacks and gross mischaracterizations of not only my voting record in Congress, but my credentials and my professional background are things that just aren't sticking in this race. Uh, my community knows me and I know them. And uh, it's been an honor of my whole lifetime to serve them in this way in the United States Congress. Um, but Bridget, do you want to talk a little bit about how she viewed that in the context of of sort of racism and and it's as relevant today as as it was then. Yeah, that was something that definitely stood out while watching it knowing that she was facing the same attacks this time and seeing kind of her behind the scenes emotional reaction to her credentials being questioned in the film. Um, and it was interesting, and, and you can hear later on too, when I asked her about the, that moment that kind of watching, it seemed like she was saying like watching the film back now helped her kind of remove the personal emotion that's tied to those criticism today. Like she doesn't take it as personally as she did then because she's able to watch the film and realize like, you know, this is kind of 
how politics is. This is the kind of, these are the kind of attacks that you face. You know, when I first saw the film, which was in in May, um, I watched it and those feelings that I articulated were things that I had carried with me for a long time um, since, you know, election eve 2018. And so to be able to let that go, right, and say basically haters are going to (laughs) hate, that's just what they do, Um, and and move past it um, is something that has been, you know, really powerful for me. So, you know, yes, I'm a character in this film, but also, you know, it's helped me through uh, some things that are going on in my own race. Um, So it was interesting to hear that, like, even being part of the film and watching it had an impact on her as well. And and also, I mean, she she gets to also see that the attacks didn't work, <laughs> right. uh, and and that um, I mean, and again, this isn't like meant to you know sway you know position one way or another for somebody's election or reelection on on my part, but for somebody who she was involved in public policy, but this was her first run for office. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a tough world, and it's tougher now, <laughs> particularly the last few years, because attacks have become so personal. Um, but and and it seems like the Republican, the National Republican uh, Congressional Committee is using the same same line of attack, and and it it still doesn't seem to be working much. Yeah, and she she said this in the film that you know she was so angered by the attacks and and was kind of struggling to figure out why. And she saw somebody post a photo um, from the Little Rock Nine of a white young white woman yelling at one of the young black women who is going to the newly integrated high school. And she said, you know, it's not equivalent. And she also likened it to the birtherism questions that faced President Obama and said, you know, it's not equivalent, but it comes from the same place. And so for, you know, some basic facts and my credentials and my identity to be questioned in this way, it just brought me almost back to like the the attacks on President Obama from the birther movement, right? It just, it was mean spirited. It was personal. Um, and they were trying, well, I don't want to speak to their intentions, but I'll say, I'll say this, they've kept it up. So this is a struggle that we've had for the last two years. She seemed to be kind of processing in real time that criticisms facing Black candidates can sometimes be more intense. Um, And it was just really interesting to get that sort of behind the scenes look at that. Yeah, what she was saying is that the similarity between those other two examples is that they're saying you don't belong here. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not who you say you don't belong in Congress. You don't have the credentials, just like those uh, school children didn't belong there, you know, because they were black and that's what that was the view of the of the white people who were screaming at them you don't belong here so it was a very um emotional moment in that film and she said you know she's it helped, looking at it watching it again helped her process those those emotions in even today and and also i mean you know, she she came from you know f- from the policy background of being here in Washington too. So it seems like, it's especially sort of an egregious line of attack to say she doesn't belong in in politics after being an employee at the Health and Human Services Department under Barack Obama. Yeah, well, the criticism is that she's a fake nurse because she um, did an ad where she was sort of seen with patients, and their their charge is that she was more on the she is a she has a nursing degree and she has a master's of public health um 
we detail her degrees in our story. Right. Um, so, but their point is that she does didn't actually sort of, you know, interact with patients in that way that she was, that the ad was representing. So they've dubbed her fake nurse. As a registered nurse treating patients, a healthcare policy advisor, and especially as a woman with a pre-existing heart condition, I've seen the cost of healthcare soar and millions of Americans suffer. I'm running for Congress because every family has a right to quality, affordable healthcare. We must work to expand coverage and make affordable healthcare a guarantee. No American should have to make a choice between their health and paying the electric bill. I'm Lauren Underwood, and I approve this message. And like I said, it, it doesn't seem to be a line that sort of works, you know, has has worked uh, all, all that well. Um, well it and, didn't work in yeah, 2018. Right. <laughs> and, so, and what do we know about the filmmakers themselves? Yeah, they both have roots in kind of politics and, and film and media as well. Um, the filmmakers, Wendy Sachs, she was actually a Capitol Hill press secretary back in the 90s, I believe. Um, so it's interesting. They both have kind of some political background as well. I believe Hannah Rosenzweig worked for Hillary Clinton's campaign, I believe, as a videographer. Mm-hmm. Um, but they talking to both of them about why they wanted to um why they were drawn to make this film is they were seeing, as we were all seeing after President Trump was elected, just women having this historic level of engagement in protests in the Women's March and then turning that energy to politics and running for office themselves at historic numbers and just seeing that this was a really historic moment and to, to capture that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so that sort of is what is what drove them to make it. And and it was a conscious choice on their part to choose women who were running in traditionally Republican districts. And all three of the races that were featured in their films were all three in districts that President Trump carried by kind of varying degrees from like a couple points to, you know, seven points to then 30 points. Like there are kind of different levels to see how women Democrats were approaching those kinds of districts. So you, you did get to talk to, to Lauren Underwood. Um, and, you know, this is a... Uh, the uh, um, it's it's always interesting to talk not just to a member of Congress, but to particularly somebody with a public health background, particularly in the middle of a uh, pandemic uh, that everybody, I mean, this is all politics is about now uh, is is a pandemic, uh, and she's sort of well placed and and has has become a part of you know kind of the democratic response in in a lot of cases. I've seen her her name come up quite a bit. Who are some of the other candidates? Yeah, so the other two women that were highlighted uh, in Texas's 6th district, Jana Lynn Sanchez, uh, this was a district President Trump carried by 12 points in 2016. And then the other candidate was Liz Watson, who ran in Indiana's 9th district in a district that the president carried by 27 points in 2016. So like I said, kind of the varying degrees of Trump districts. Um, Both of them ended up losing in 2018, and neither of them are running again. Although Jana Lynn Sanchez is is involved in trying to turn Texas blue, um, she started her own own organization to do that. And the interesting thing is her district, the 6th district, wasn't on anyone's radar really in 2018. But this cycle, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee did add it to its target list. So a district that they're looking at is maybe one that could flip. It's kind of on the out, I would say it's probably on like the outskirts of the battlefield. Um, but but it's still on their radar, which is something that, and something that we talked about in the interview as well, the dynamic that unfolded in the film was Janelyn Sanchez not getting the party support that she wanted 
and that she felt like the district was winnable, winnable but no one else really did. Um, and just sort of how that played out. Um, and we talked a little bit about that as well, the kind of impact that the party structure can have. You mentioned that this is also like kind of emotional, like some of the the, the parts of the movie. It is, is that something that the filmmakers capture really well that like the, I mean, public service is public service, you know, nobody, you know, requires you to get into it, but the, that they communicate that there is this, it can be kind of rough and, and especially because you have to fight, you know, to, to win. And then it, you know, it always takes a toll, like whether it's emotionally or financially, that, that kind of thing. All the, and all of the above. Yeah. And Liz Watson was a good example. Um, she has two kids and I think her daughter, her, she was a young daughter, um, kind of followed her on the campaign trail a lot, went, went you know, door to door canvassing with her mom in some of the parts of the film. And you could tell this was like a, you know, the whole family was invested in this. And, um, and the, there's one point where her daughter was talking about being worried about losing. And, mm-hmm. you know, if her mom isn't successful, you know, what, what does that mean? And, so then, you know, sorry about the spoiler alert, but when she doesn't win on election night, you know, you, you just get a sense you're a little bit more invested, I guess, emotionally in that um, whether you would, uh, you know, are in line with her politics or not, you, you get a sense of the disappointment of all the, the months and months of slogging along on the campaign trail, kind of the whole family on board, um, you know, that it's, uh, it's a, a huge investment and uh, brings a lot of disappointment when you, you're taking a big risk. So, um, I mean, one of the things that we have, uh, you know, documented, I think, quite well with your political coverage uh, over the, not just this cycle, but in the last cycle too, was this, you know, sort of unprecedented amount, a number of women who are running um, for, for public office and how they've changed the dynamics of Congress. Uh, and, and, you know, we saw that with the, when the, the class, uh, this, this current Congress was, was sworn in, uh, in, in particular with, 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 uh, members like AOC. Um, so we've got knocked down the house. We now we've got surge. If you were, if there was a trilogy out there, what would be the, what would be the story that, uh, we're, we're letting you know, future documentarians out there listening to this podcast, what's the story that you think is another one that's ripe for the telling, whether it's this election cycle or or something that's more perennial. What kind of stories? What what do you think would make a good, uh, you know, kind of into a, a trilogy of of uh, documentary films about women running for Congress? Well, there are a number of Republican women running this year, and that you know there might be um, some room to look at what unique challenges some of them face, uh, including women who ran in primaries and didn't win. Um, And some of them, the party establishment maybe wasn't helping them. Um, You know, is so there, I think there, there could be something to explore. Are there, you know, unique challenges for Republican women or just tell the stories of, of those women who are trying to run, um, you know, in the party of Trump. Yeah, I agree. That was kind of what I first thought of too, Jason, when you asked is that, you know, this cycle was a record number of Republican women running, record number of Republican women who won their primaries, although many of them did not. But it still looks like there could just be a modest gain for Republican women in the House. They could lose numbers in the Senate, depending on what happens in November. And I think 
that is an interesting kind of counter to the couple of documentaries that are out there that are focusing on Democratic women is how do Republican women navigate this and talking to Republican women campaign strategists and candidates, there's a lot of like anecdotal thoughts about women are just considered to be less conservative than a man, even if they are not. And so to be able to see that kind of up close would be really interesting, I think. And what about a documentary about women running against women? Because we have mm-hmm. several, yeah. uh, when you said that, that there might be fewer Republican women in the Senate, it made me think of Senator Susan Collins of Maine, a Republican who has a really tough um, re-election fight going on up there uh, against uh, another woman, Sarah Gideon. Um, or or in Iowa, Joni Ernst and Teresa mm-hmm. Greenfield is another, yep. uh, you know, two, two women running against one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2018, this played out with Martha McSally and Kirsten Sinema. Uh, yeah, also. there are a lot of examples of that, for sure. That would be really interesting. Well, I mean, if you guys don't get a <laughs> producer's credit for this eventual documentary that whomever <laughs> uh, will will do on this, uh, you know, we we should uh, we should try to wrap that up because I, I think I would uh, I would I would I would watch that movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this movie is out. Uh, Surge is out on Showtime right now. is re- is released on September eighth, so it's it's playing on Showtime. Uh, Knocked down the house is still available on Netflix. Uh, so bo- both are. Uh, uh, are available for viewing. So, Bridget, Kate, thank you so much for for uh, uh, sharing your, um, you know, kind of behind the scenes and and some of the research that goes into uh, the reporting. Um, it's it's not all glory over these Zoom calls uh, with interviews, <laughs> is it? <laughs> so we did. Kate actually did ask, like, what would a documentary look like in this environment? And Congress, <laughs> Congresswoman Underwood said, just a lot of Zoom calls. A lot of Zoom so, calls. Yeah, a little less compelling footage, maybe. <laughs> Although she is going out, she is going out doing porch parties. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. socially distant um, porch parties where they 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 have a Zoom component, but they're actually on somebody's lawn or their porch or something. So, mm-hmm. uh, so people they're out in the community. Even, it, it sounds even like the happy hours we've been doing here in, in D.C. among ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, Bridget, Kate, thank you so much for, for talking about the movie. And uh, again, it's available on Showtime. Thanks, thanks for your time. <laughs> thanks, Jason. Thank you. 